Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's PN 960, and it's time for Keeping Up with the Cougars. Brought to you by Odeon Menswear. Proudly outfitting young professionals, young adults, boys, and missionaries across the globe with quality suits and apparel. Find a location near you or OdeonMenswear.com. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Crittle, broadcasting live from our Les Schwab Tire Studios, LesSchwab.com, the wintry Wasatch Front Roads. Our can be dangerous. Get the right tires on your vehicles today. $150 off select tires only at Les Schwab, LesSchwab.com. Sean Walker, KSL.com, by my side. Caleb Christian, former BYU defensive back in the house, as well as Martin Kelly behind the glass. It is time for a Keeping Up with the Cougars segment. Going to welcome in one of my teammates here momentarily, and it's going to be brought to you by our good friends at Odeon Menswear, odeonmenswear.com, formerly Modern Missionary. As a reminder, if you've been called to serve, you get a free gift with your call. So you can always head in there with your call. Now it's going to be on your phone, right? It's digital. Bring it in, and you get a free gift. But we're also giving you a fantastic deal this month. So it ends in March. Take advantage of it the last few days of February. Buy one suit, get an additional suit for $1. That's buy one suit, get an additional suit for $1, Odeon Menswear, OdeonMenswear.com. Only at Odeon. They have four locations, Orem, Draper, Riverton, and Bountiful. Check it out today. Let's get out to the Bountown Pub and Grub Hotline. Welcome in my former teammate, one of the best punt returners I've ever seen come through Brigham, currently hosting a podcast, Mickles and Dimes, and he is teaching. He's an assistant professor at Kansas School of Business. He focuses on all manner of management and entrepreneurship. Let's welcome in Nate Mickle, Mickles and Dimes to the show. What's up, Nate? Oh, doing fantastic. Just wishing I could have been better than just the, you know, like five-by-five five box or whatever, six-by-six six box in football. Then it could have been, uh, you know, a, a great player, not just a great, uh, well, great, not just a, a decent slot receiver. Wait, wait, did I say decent slot receiver? I said all-time great punt returner. I know, well, I know, yeah, you did. No, you did. I'm just, I'm just speaking truth. From you, you, you were very nice. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm just saying I wish I was better. That's all. I look. Thing- I was just watching. I was just watching highlights of Britton Covey against Ohio State. <laughs> I was like, dude, that, he's everything I wanted to be. That guy's such a stud. <laughs> he is a special player. Definitely a unique player. Uh, and and very explosive player, but I'll take Mickles and Dimes over Britton Covey every single day of the week. <laughs> well, you're, I, you're wrong. <laughs> I will always take Nate Mickle on take, my team. I'll take Nate, I'll take <laughs> Nate Mickle uh, teaching me uh, out of the business school over Britton Covey. Every that, that too, okay, Nate Mickle have. as my 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 seasoned professor. Yeah. I would definitely like to have deep you, conversations with Nate. Got to be close to tenure by now, right, Nate? Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting close. I, I just did my. Uh, my so the way it works is is you're basically signed up for a six year contract and halfway through you have kind of a you know your mid review and uh, I just am I'm finding out oh I think in uh, five days if I pass that now word is from you know unofficially that I have passed so I'm I'm halfway there to tenure hopefully and a few more years I'll get it and be able to welcome y'all out here to Allen Field House the rest of my life. That's what I'm talking about. So check out his biography. I'm reading through. There's a lot of big words here, and I am not very educated. He researches social perceptions and its implications for organizations. Specifically, he examines the cues people use to form impressions, confidence, deference, and the biases that affect people's perceptions, motivated reasoning, exponential growth bias. That There's a lot here, Nate. So could you, could you kind of – 
for the common layman like myself, uh, a former football player, what is it that you're teaching there specifically? Yeah, I guess that's you know a bad sign if uh, I'm trying to explain what I teach and then I have to <laughs> no. you know explain it in detail. So bad sign. No, no, just so, simplify it for me. Yeah, I mean, I, mostly I teach leadership. That's the main class I teach. I also teach a business ethics class, which this is awesome. This is, I mean, a little bit of a tangent, but I love the academic world. Uh, I'm, I'm going to Italy in the fall to teach a business law class, which will just be living right outside of Venice for three months, which will be amazing. Uh, so I'll, business law, that's another thing I teach. But I teach leadership. I research social perception, just, you know, like what influences our perceptions of others, what, what, what things uh, make us rate people high in status, low status, in summary, what influences our perceptions of others? That's the long and short of it. I love it. It's it's essentially studying the human condition with uh, yeah with the with the business, I guess uh, with the business bias to it. I like that. You, you've always been good about the human condition and uh, in evaluating the human condition. I always learned something from you in that regard. We got Nate Mickle on the line, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. Nate, I, I know you love to teach, but I know you love to learn as well and you had andy reed on your podcast recently former byu great super bowl champion what was that like brother give us some gems yeah how cool is that first of all that andy reed would even take the time with me uh months ago i emailed a mutual friend and i was like hey i know this is a long shot um and and if you don't even want to forward this message along to Andy. I totally understand. But because I teach in the business school at KU and all of the students are huge Chiefs fans, you know, maybe just maybe Andy would be willing to take a few minutes with me to talk leadership. And so our friend said, uh, message me in February once the season's over. So I, I messaged him in February. Like 24 hours later, I get an email from Andy, and he's uh, he says, "Hey Nate, I'd love to talk. Here's my cell. Give me a call." <laughs> Such oh, wow. a stud. So anyway, I ask, you know, I tell Andy, "Look, 15 minutes. I'd love to just hear what you know what you've learned about leadership. Of all the things you've learned, what would you most want to pass on to others?" And I thought it was really cool how he started, uh, which is true to form of. And he starts just shining the light on other people. I mean, that's what he does. And he says, well, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about leadership from all the amazing coaches and mentors I've had. Uh, and he says, our church has a lot of great leaders. I've learned from them. He says, I, but I, you know, one of the main people I always go back to is Lavelle Edwards. And it's like, oh, this, this is gold, you know, like Andy Reid, three times Super Bowl champion of the Chiefs now. Four times he he wasn't he wanted assistant coach at Green Bay, and uh, he just starts talking about Lavelle and how Lavelle was never out of control, how Lavelle was always honest, how Lavelle was a great teacher, and how Lavelle was consistent. And and that's you know in in a quick interview that that's how Andy thinks about leadership and what he thinks are some of the most important lessons he's ever learned about leadership were lessons he learned from Lavelle. Yeah, it's interesting to me that that he reverts back to Lavelle Edwards. I've always considered him, maybe, and this is uh, hopefully it's not sacrilegious, but I've always considered him as the thirteenth apostle, right? I mean, just just a man of uh, of spirituality and character, and obviously of of leadership qualities that we all like to emulate. But you know, to hear that from Andy, it's not a surprise, but it's because it, it's been so consistent. You you mentioned. If you, if you mention Lavelle or leadership to Kalani or even Kyle Whittingham or anyone from that 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 coaching tree, they all it all leads back to Lavelle and and how he coached, but how he mentored, how he communicated. Uh, it's uh, it's crazy that that BYU had was able to experience one of the greatest coaches in college football history. Yeah, and even out to Mike Leach, right? Like Mike attributed a lot of his success to Lavelle. Yeah. And yeah, he, he just had, Lavelle had such an outsized impact. And my guess is that, you know, once Andy's career is, is done over his coaching tree, all, he's going to have just such a massive coaching tree and they're all going to talk about Andy Reid and how he's so amazing. And I love Andy. You know, he, 
first thing he mentions is, you know, Lavelle was never out of control. And so immediately I start thinking of the Super Bowl, right? I mean, we're all watching. We all see Travis Kelsey come up to Andy and, and bump him, right? And mm-hmm. we all see it. And I'm thinking, you know, how is Andy going to respond to this? Like, what if, what if somebody had done that to Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, you know, or Urban Meyer? And anyway, doesn't even react. And then post game, he just starts talking about the bump and starts singing Travis's praises before he has a chance. So anyway, in the podcast, I asked him, you know, I said, that's interesting. You, you, you talk about never being out of control. And I said, so what is going through your mind when, when Travis bumps you? And, you know, first thing he says is, well, I got five kids. So, you know, that helps. And then he starts just again, singing Travis's praises. He doesn't even like dwell on the bump. He just talks about how, you know, Travis is passionate and, and how he loves Travis and how he drafted Travis and his first year in the, at Kansas City when Travis coming out of Cincinnati. So they have this deep relationship that goes back all these years. And he's like, look, Travis is the one out there playing. Travis is the one putting his body on the line. He, he's the one out there smacking heads. So yeah, yeah, he bumped me, you know, like big deal. What all Travis was saying is he wanted to help the team, and, and like so cool for a leader to be able to just cut through. Like, what's really happening here? Travis was upset that he wasn't able to block the guy that I believe caused the fumble, and so Travis was saying, "I want to be in the game." And then he's like, "How can I get mad at a guy who wants to help the team win?" It, it wasn't Travis being selfish. That was. Travis saying he wants to help the team win, and, and, and he's like, look, in today's day and age, when you've got a guy that just wants to be in there every play that's, that's also getting older, you know, how can you not just love that? And, and so for Andy, it just wasn't even a negative. It was, he was able to keep his composure and see exactly what was happening with, with the kind of the long view, the long-term perspective, and, and just completely diffuses the situation and then of course without travis you probably don't win a super bowl yeah it's funny because i went back and i found video from maybe two three weeks maybe it's a three or four weeks prior to that that shove in the super bowl and it was a game versus the raiders and apparently travis had thrown his helmet and and the athletic trainer had gone and picked it up and tried to give it back to travis and andy stopped him Stop the athletic yeah. trainer saying, no, hey, you're not going to give him that helmet back. He's got to learn his lesson. And then he goes up to Travis and gives him an equally kind of physical shove. So obviously this is a part of their relationship. They've been around each other for long enough to give each other a little bit of a love tap. So I, I posted that, and it went viral. People were like, oh, yeah, see, this is – this is something – this is much ado about nothing. This is a part of their relationship. Let's not make it a bigger deal than it really is. So funny to see Andy – and I saw that tweet of yours. It was awesome. So funny to see Andy bump Travis. Mm-hmm. And, like, look – you know, Andy, for as loving as he is and as much as everybody loves him, He's still one tough guy. And, and yeah. I love it. Even if he's describing Travis, he's describing, you know, in the podcast interview I did with him, he said, you know, I love Travis. And he's so great. And so passionate. And, and yeah, even, even if he was a little bit crazy here, you know, <laughs> and so he, he, it wasn't a jab, but it wasn't, it was kind of like a, you know, just like the way you would talk trash to your friends. Like, yeah. you know, Colonel, you and I are on a thread and, and basically just consists we're on a former a thread with former teammates, and ninety percent of the, of it, of course, is just us teasing <laughs> each other and making fun of each other. And, sure. and it felt like that was Andy a little bit there with Travis, and you know, bumping Travis and just you know, kind of poking fun at each other. But ultimately, there's there's some serious respect and love between those guys. We invite everyone to head on over to natemickle.com, download, subscribe to the podcast, Mickles and Dimes. There's a couple of featured ones that I'd advise BYU fans to listen to. The Steve Young uh, interview was awesome. Kellen Moore, I really enjoyed that. Uh, there are other non non-sports related podcasts that I've really enjoyed as well. But for those sports nuts, 
you'll really love those, including the Andy Reid podcast. Nate Mickle here on ESPN 960. Nate, tomorrow night, tomorrow, BYU, Kansas, what can Cougar Nation expect at Allen Fieldhouse? Oh, man, I, I hope I hope we have a ton of fans there. Uh, there's a guy in my ward here that is in charge of security uh, for all of KU sports. And he was telling me a month ago, he's like, yeah, the BYU game is the only one I haven't sold out now, you know, towards the end of the season. And, and I've had a number of friends talk to me, like, you know, can you get tickets? And you think it's like, yeah, you, you, you can get tickets. I think, I think there was a, a significant number of BYU fans that just thought, like, it, it's KU, we're not going to be able to get tickets. Well, it is still a sellout, and, and I'm sure there's going to be some BYU fans here. It's going to be awesome. I mean, the, the environment at Allen Fieldhouse is just incredible. Now, I, I learned a bunch of things about KU basketball that I didn't know until I moved out here. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the first thing I learned was James Naismith, the inventor of basketball, he founded the KU basketball program. I did not know that. Uh, you know, I, I, I the basketball uh, hall of fame is like out in Massachusetts. That's where James uh, invented basketball a little bit. Kansas was the place that he, he was the very first coach of Kansas basketball. So he starts the KU basketball program. The, the arena is on Naismith Drive. Like, how cool is that? Which I also have to say, my office is on Naismith Drive. Like, how cool is that? Now, James Naismith's uh, successor was a guy named Fog Allen. So Fog Allen was the second coach at KU, and he coached a guy named Adolph Rupp which uh, Rupp Arena was eventually named after. He, he coached a guy named Dean Smith. You probably heard of Dean Smith. Played for KU under Fogg, won a national championship, then goes to North Carolina, wins two national championships. So Fogg Allen is just total stud that kind of helps basketball go mainstream. There's on, uh, in town here, I love it, there's a, there's a shirt that I always see when I'm walking the main street called Massachusetts Street. It says, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, the birthplace, of North Carolina basketball because Dean Smith was here and also Roy Williams. So Roy Williams won two national, or he went to two national championship games at KU. And then he, he goes to North Carolina and wins three more. Uh, so you've got like Dean Smith and Roy Williams, two of the most historic coaches ever, both in North Carolina. Well, they were at, at KU first. Rupp Arena, Kentucky is the all time winningest program right now, which KU is, is closing the gap and will probably overtake them soon. Uh, Adolph Rupp played at, at KU. Uh, Larry Brown, you know, won an NCAA championship at KU. He's one of the only coach, I believe he's the only coach ever to win both an NCAA championship and an NBA championship as a head coach. He was here at, at KU. And then, of course, you've got Bill Self, two national championships. And then the players just goes on and on. The, the, the Wilt Chamberlain, Danny Manning, Paul Pierce, Joel Embiid, Andrew Wiggins. The original rules of basketball are at Allen Fieldhouse. Now, I say all that because it's like you come to this BYU game tomorrow, KU, Kansas, is, is just the mecca of college basketball. Uh, the fans are into it. They understand basketball. They love basketball. And just to segue to the next point, BYU's got a real chance to win here tomorrow. And it's not like they need a miracle. This isn't like David and Goliath and, and BYU has just the slimmest of chances. Like, I really like BYU's chances tomorrow night. So what does this this miracle look like? There's a chance, right? It's like, uh, you know, you're, you're telling me there's a chance here, Lloyd Christmas. What, what has to happen in order to, to, to triumph over the, uh, the Jayhawks tomorrow? Okay, well, yeah. This, I mean, first of all, yeah, we're, this is way more than a chance. This isn't this, – I mean, way better than Lloyd Christmas right now. All it takes is for us to shoot well and – couple things about the KU basketball team. Now, I, I love this BYU basketball team. Uh, I, I don't know if I've – I've told a bunch of my friends this. I don't know if I've ever watched a team where I just love, like, the top eight players. Like, yeah. each one of them, I just – I love them for different reasons. And they, they shoot it. If they shoot it well, they have a chance. So, 
first, let's we'll, we'll scout KU basketball. Okay, so I I, I do love KU basketball as well. I, I it's a five minute drive to the arena, and I go to as many games as I can. So first of all, you don't have Kevin McCuller, their best player. Kevin McCuller is a total stud. Do everything, shoot it, defend, pass. He's out. So great start for BYU. Uh, KU this year, they already had no depth. I, I'm talking like if they get six points from their bench, it's like they're happy because they, they, they little games where they get like two. So they already didn't have depth, and now you have no Kevin McCuller. So who do they have? Well, they got – I mean, one of the coolest stories, honestly, is this kid named Johnny Furphy. And I don't know if you followed him, Criddle. This kid, Johnny Furphy, in August last year – you know, KU's already got their roster set. They get the they get Hunter Dickinson, the the gem in the transfer portal, the seven two uh, center from Michigan. Total study land him. They got their team basically set. And then in August, they sign a kid. And I'm thinking like, what? Kansas is signing somebody in August? Like, who is this kid? How could he be any good if he hadn't signed with anybody till August? Well, he was supposed to be a senior in high school this year, and he started tearing it up in tournaments. Next thing he knows, he reclassifies, and KU signs in August. He's 6'9". He averages 10 points a game, four rebounds. He's shooting 40% from three, 50% from two. So he's, he's just a stud. Freshman yeah. does everything well. He's probably going to – I mean, he's just so consistent. they got K.J. Adams, one of the bounciest guys. He's, he's fun to watch. K.J. Adams, he was on the national championship team a couple years ago, played a little. He's one of the bounciest guys you'll ever see. He's leading the Big 12 Conference in field goal percentage because he mostly just dunks. I mean – He'll get two or three alley-oops a game. You can almost bank on it, especially from out-of-bounds plays. And uh, so, so they got – but he's not a great offensive rebounder, and he's undersized. He's 6'6", six, 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 seven. Like I said, he got Hunter, the total stud, 7-2, transfer from Michigan, almost averaging 20 and 10 a game. And then their point guard, Dwan Harris, who was the starting point guard in the national championship game, good player, shoots it well, smart, savvy, et cetera. That's it. Like, you, you got – their, their, their first guy at the bench who is now starting in place of McCuller is Nicholas Timberlake. They brought him in to be a spot-up shooter and just hit threes. He, he, he transferred from Townsend and hit like 400 threes at, at, uh, before transferring here. He's only shooting 29% from three. Their other two guys averaged less than like three games. So it's, it's those five guys. And if any of them have an off night, BYU's in the game. If any of them get in foul trouble, BYU's got a good chance to win. And then, of course, just the shooters, man. If, if BYU shoots 35% from three, 40% from three, now all of a sudden they got a, they got a real good chance to win the game. Well, Nate, you kind of you gloss over it a little bit there, so i got to hold your feet to the fire then some. How does BYU go at that 7'2 mountain man, the double-double king, 18 points, 10 rebounds per game, Hunter Dickinson? How do they slow him down? Uh, I mean, a guy who he's he also averages over 30 minutes a game. It feels like, and maybe for good reason. You mentioned the the lack of bench production, right? That that uh, Bill yeah. Self's team has had, but but he's playing over 30 minutes a game. Like how how does BYU slow down a guy like that? Yeah, and it's interesting too. This is the this is a matchup of like the most different teams imaginable. You got KU leading the Big 12 in, in, in two point field goal percentage leading the Big 12 and, and, and two-point buckets made. And you got BYU coming in that's all about the three, right? I, I don't know if you're going to be able to do – honestly, I just don't think you can do much to stop Hunter Dickinson. He's one of the most skilled – seven. he's seven feet two, and he is so skilled. He's lefty. He can finish with his right. Every time – if he ever finishes with his right, he'll look at his right, you know, like it's possessed, like Shaq used to do any time Shaq scored with his left. It's always, it's always kind of fun to watch for that. It, without fail, he scores with his right, which he seems like he does a time or two every game. Uh, he's so skilled that he's he's just probably going to get hit. He's probably going to get 50 to 20. I, I think he's got up to 30 once or twice this year. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you, you can double down, of course, because KU doesn't shoot a ton of threes. They don't want to shoot a ton of threes. Uh, but to me, if I'm BYU, it's like, okay, yeah, obviously we don't want to make it easy for him. So we're going to double down, of course, as much as we can without giving up a three to Johnny for a fear to one Harris. But if, if Hunter gets his 20, let's, let's keep KJ. KJ is, like I said, he's the bounciest guy, but he, he doesn't create real well off the dribble. Uh, so if you, if you keep him to six or eight and you don't give DeWan any open, any wide open threes, keep him from penetrating a little bit. 
hold Nicholas Timberlake down, you got a real chance to win. As long as you, sh- as long as you, you don't shoot like you did against K State, right? Which they're probably not going to. That was their worst game of the year, shooting wise. They're, they're probably going to do better. So, if you, to me, it's just like the fun thing about this BYU team is, it, it, you know, they can beat anybody, um, but if they shoot poorly, they can lose anybody. Which is also not too different from this KU team. You know, they, look, who, look who they beat this year. They already beat UConn. They already beat Houston. They already beat Tennessee. They got like five top ten wins. But who they lose to? They lost to West Virginia. They lost to Central Florida. They lost to Kansas State. I, I saw something the other day, and they were like, "This this KU basketball team, you know, they, they could easily make it to the Final Four, and they could also just as easily be the first ones out in the NIT tournament. Because when they play poor, they play poorly. Now they are playing at home, and KU has played excellent at home this season. And of course, that's the that's the biggest factor in this game for BYU. Well. We wish this Cougar, uh, this Cougar basketball team luck. It's going to be a tall task. That being said, BYU has shown recently the ability to uh, lose games that they supposedly shouldn't lose, but win games that they supposedly shouldn't win. So we'll see what happens. Mickles and Dimes. Nate Mickle, ladies and gentlemen, download his podcast. Subscribe today, Mickles and Dimes. Are you going to be at the game? So you're recognizable. You're a beautiful man. Uh, go up and, and say hello to Nate Mickle when you see him there at Fog Allen Arena. Should be a tremendous game. Should be a tremendous atmosphere. Any recommendations, Nate, for the fans to explore on campus, off campus, food, fun? What, uh, what, what recommendations do you have? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I got a lot. So, but well, just some, some key ones that you want to do, of course. The first thing any, any BYU fan needs to do that ever has any intention of ever coming to Kansas, what you ought to do is go watch the ESPN 30 for 30, No Place Like Home. And it's about this crazy KU fan who decides he's going to get the rules of basketball to KU. And Josh Swade is his name, former uh, podcast guest at Nichols and Dine, total stud ends up getting the rules of basketball to KU. And what that documentary does, like I said, it's only an hour long. It gives you the history of KU basketball, which is awesome. Uh, So I would recommend that because then when you come to Allen uh, Fieldhouse, you can see the original rules of basketball. It's right there in the arena. It's open to the public all the time. It's awesome. Come to the – Allen Fieldhouse is just – it's a shrine to all the great players. You see the national championship trophies, the coaches. It's amazing. For food, you know, anytime you come to Lawrence, Kansas, you go to uh, Massachusetts Street. It's just it's a, a street where uh, everybody goes to eat. There's there's uh, what, 50, 60 restaurants, uh, hardly any chains. It's all these these local restaurants that has great food. When KU won the national championship a couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I went down there about midnight, and th- there were like. It was like a hundred thousand people there, fifty thousand people. I think it was like a hundred. Anyway, between fifty to a hundred thousand people on Mass Street. Uh, just it's it's a party. So go to Fog. You know, obviously go to to the arena, see the rules of basketball. Go to Mass Street, watch the documentary to learn a bit a little bit about KU basketball, and you're gonna have an awesome time. And then, and let's just really hope you know. Khalifa's going to be dishing it out. He's going to be making some nice – he's going to be hitting threes. Of course, Who Spencer's are you rooting be for? Who are you rooting Dallas. for? Can you go on record? No. Yeah. So, I mean, on record, of, yeah, BYU. Okay. And, and, you know, it's like you, you hate to say when you're when your paycheck – you know, it's like I, I yeah. get paid by Kansas. I love Kansas. Yeah. You don't want to – you never want to root against your employer publicly, all right? So I, I, <laughs> I say this with, you know – a little bit of fear, but <laughs> Dallin Hall with the assist, Trevin Nell, like I love it when he gets going, Jackson Robinson, all the big shots, the free throws, Noah Waterman, Foose when he gets the ball on the block, Richie, you love Richie and his energy and he's crafty. I will say, Criddle, so last year, you know, I, I was at Notre Dame for a while, and so I, I, I started loving Notre Dame football, and I followed Notre Dame football so close, and in the Eastern time zone, it was way when I was living in South Bend. It was way easier to follow Notre Dame than BYU because BYU had all these late games, and uh, you know it's like I, I stay up two or three in the morning. So anyway, I'm following Notre Dame football pretty closely, and so we go to Vegas to watch them play last year. And you know, people are asking who you who you rooting for, who you rooting for. I was like, ah, you know, it's a win either way, whatever. I hadn't I hadn't been able to follow BYU as closely. The second the ball kicked, I I was a little surprised. It was 
a hundred percent, no question. I want to like kill your children's competitiveness. <laughs> I want BYU to win. I mean, it was weird. It was like it was primal. I was just like, oh, get Notre Dame, man! Like we got to beat these guys. <laughs> Now, obviously, I didn't play basketball for BYU, so you know I'm probably not quite that intense about it. But I do love this BYU team, and I would love to see I would love to see BYU, and I hope they win. Now, I, I do love KU, and we we watched the national championship uh, a couple of years ago in Allen Fieldhouse, watch party with all the students. It was awesome. So, like, you know, I, I I'll be sad for BYU. I'll be happy for KU if they win, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, tomorrow. I, let, let's just let's just hope we can hit the three, man. <laughs> hey, man, uh, I I too hope we can shoot above thirty three percent from the three point line. If we do, gives us a pretty good chance of winning, especially with the volume that we uh, we typically shoot at. Nate Mickle, another guy that likes to shoot the three ball, and 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 at times distribute the ball as well as is Mickles and Dimes. Nate Mickle, good hooper as well, underrated hooper in my opinion. A uh, great basketball player is Nate Mickle. Nate, we salute you. We appreciate you, man. Let us know if you need anything from us. Appreciate you hopping on today to give us a little preview of the BYU-Kansas game and uh, to discuss your podcast. Uh, we invite everyone to subscribe today. Nate, thanks so much, brother. We'll catch up with you again soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. Nate Thanks, Mickle. Nate. We're going to go to break. Coming up Great next. Great stuff from Nate Mickle. Yes, indeed. Awesome. That's yes, awesome. indeed. You can tell like he's in front of a classroom every single day. The way he orates, the way he articulates. Yeah. He's a storyteller. He's fantastic. Yep, he's I love great. it. i got to learn a few things from him in my cadence, in my intonation, and storytelling abilities. Shout out to Nate Mickle. We'll go to break. Don't go anywhere. More to get to. I want to get into what's cooking with the Cougars, all the news and notes of the day. Coming up next, this is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. And you're heading home after a long day. Now the question becomes, what are you going to pick up for dinner? Ben Criddle tells you what you should pick up and also gives you the latest news that's cooking with BYU Sports in What's Cooking with the Cougars here on ESPN 960. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN I-60. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle, broadcasting live from our Bout Time Public Grub. Uh, well, I guess it's technically our Les Schwab Tire Studios, but uh, I'd like it to be Bout Time Public Grub Studios right now because I'm hungry. It's 540, which means it's what's cooking with the Cougars time. I want to head over to Bout Time Public Grub, bouttimepub.com, to check out their craveable menu offerings. They're, it's at the heart of what they do, signature entree sandwiches, pizzas, appetizers. They always stand above the rest of flavor, freshness, and quality. They also smoke their own wings, hang out their own French fries and potato chips, and cook their own corned beef. They have that investment in recipe that keeps you coming back for more. Check it out. I love the vineyard and Lehigh locations. Always mention ESPN 960 when you go in there for discounts. All right. I could really go for some Bout Time Pub and Grub fried pickle chips right now. Hey, those are good, too. Those are fantastic. Uh, The jalapeno poppers are to die for. They are finger-looking good. Uh, Shout-out to uh, the G-Man. He he, he loves himself some Bout Time Pub and Grub, bouttimepub.com. Check this out. BYU football. Love this. We'll be hosting a Spanish devotional March 3rd. BYU football will host a devotional titled Juntos en Cristo, Together in Christ, on March 3rd in Provo. The devotional will be be entirely in Spanish. It is open to all Spanish speakers who would like to attend. Conducting the devotional will be BYU Associate Head Coach and Defensive Coordinator Jay Hill, who served a mission in Puerto Rico. Spanish speakers. speaker. What? Spanish speaker. Yes, indeed. Yep. Yep. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a part of that devotional. Yep. He's got to speak it. He's got to habla espanol. Speakers will include BYU running back, Jovesa Dumuni, who served a mission in Chile. Linebacker, Ben Bywater, who served in Guatemala. Safety, Peter Tuipolotu, Petey Tuipolotu, who served in Costa Rica. And defensive lineman, Tyler Batty, who served in Spain. 
All will deliver addresses in Spanish. The devotional will run from 7 to 8 p.m. and will be held at the Pioneer 5th Ward Building at 450 North, 1220 West, Provo, Utah. Sean, your thoughts on this? I, I, I love I love everything about this. It's a great idea. Um, more firesides, please. More Spanish firesides in particular. How many languages do you think are represented on the BYU football roster? Caleb, you were recently removed. How many How many languages over under, give That's or take, question. do you think are represented on the I could BYU I could ping roster? the SID and see see what's I, going on. I would. It's not as many as you would think because. There's a lot, probably a lot of Spanish. There's and Portuguese a lot of repeats. Speaker. I'd say yeah. Spanish, Portuguese, or probably a few Mandarin, and and that's probably about it. So probably, well, but there are probably a handful of others. I got there's going to be a handful of like and, Tagalog, or yeah. there's going to be yeah, some, some Samo- outliers. I'd say some Samoan and Tongan speakers. Yeah, for sure. Six languages, seven was, languages, give or take a yeah, couple. I was, was going to say six guess. and a half. Less than, definitely less than ten, less than you might, a number that might jump out. A lot, though. A well, I, a well-traveled well group of young men. Yeah, I was going to say six and a half, probably yeah. over under if mm-hmm. we're handicapping it. Six yeah. and a half languages, uh, foreign languages, excuse me, non-English languages mm-hmm. that are spoken on this BYU football team. That's six different Firesides mm-hmm. that you could have. That's a like lot. Just getting some people together. Ah, whole fireside. Some of those great. you might have to have one guy talking the whole time. I mean, sure, you might have like a featured speaker type fireside. I think a but... full fireside slate like this, you could go Spanish, you could go Tongan Samoan, and you could go probably go Portuguese. Portuguese. Nothing. No, in terms of missionaries. Uh, there's one thing I don't like about this, though. I will say this. One thing I don't like. I'm not gonna call out. Careful, Sean. I'm not gonna call out. By name, the person who wrote this press release, but they did, they did title it "Juntos in Cristo" C H R I S T O. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. That's no bueno. That's, uh, <laughs> no bueno. Uh, that's wrong. There's, there's no, hey, there is no age. No may age. have not his served Cristo. his mission span span yeah, speaking. That's going to be my likely. guess. It's you know probably what I mean? Yeah. Didn't know it was just the C R I S T O. Look, it's I tough. get I get offended when somebody misspells the name in Spanish. Name me Senor Salvador Jesus Cristo. Like, that's, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Oh, right. no, Sean. Let him know. Look, uh, what's interesting about this is for years when BYU was in the Mountain West and during Independence, those that remember, remember it well. When BYU was winning, we all loved the firesides. We said, you know what? I love discipleship. That's I love true. bringing my kiddos out there to listen to the testimonies yep. of these BYU football players. And then as soon as they started losing, and when they what started was the losing, first target? And, and, and to, to an extent, even some of the players maybe didn't like spending their time or being forced. It wasn't a force. Like I, I was never forced to go to these. Uh, it, it was a choice. You could go, you could participate, or you didn't have to participate. You didn't have to stand up and sing the armies of Helaman. You didn't have to. Didn't have to. Uh, but uh, we did. Of course, you also don't "quote unquote" have to report. Is this, this like a like when they say well, workouts you, you, are discretionary? No, no, no. This but you're supposed to be there. Like this was actually no, was discretionary. A, no, I was a starting cornerback for two years, and sometimes I would go, sometimes I wouldn't. Okay. I, there was no, okay. There's no judgment. There was nothing like. Sometimes I'll be honest. I wanted to sit at the hotel and I wanted to watch yeah. film. Yeah. I just wanted to watch film. We get there, we fly in, especially those away settings, and I wanted to sit there and watch film. I wanted an additional two hours of. Me time. I will say this, though. I love off-season devotionals, Mm. Mm off-season firesides, Uh, especially Spanish speaking. This is near and dear to my heart. I was a stateside Spanish speaker. We were serving in Spokane, Washington. There were, out of the 300-plus thousand individuals living in the greater Spokane area, there were roughly, per the census that we pulled, because I opened up the Spanish work in Spokane, Washington. Got that opportunity. Thank you, President Ludlow. Appreciate that. There were 30,000 Latinos. So what did we start to do on our mission on that uh, in that particular area? Once, once per month, we would have a SACRA meeting in Spanish. And we had so many people show up because they wanted to hear the gospel in their native tongue. They wanted to hear the scriptures in their native tongue. It didn't have to be in in a uh, in a Sunday school setting or a priesthood setting, it just need to be in in a sacrament. You come and take partake of the sacrament, renew your covenants, and then listen to the gospel and the testimonies in your 
native tongue. Or if you were, if it, your second language, you just wanted to hear it in Spanish because you have a, a deeply rooted love for the Spanish language, like my guy Ryan Eldridge over at Big O here at American Fork. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ryan. He uh, he was telling me this morning. He actually uh, he. You know, he he served in a bishopric here in Saratoga Springs, a Spanish-speaking bishopric. So he just loves the language and loves the people. Um, and so I love this. Shout-out to the football team for getting this, putting this together. Uh, I definitely want to attend. March 3rd, Juntos en Cristo, a Spanish-speaking devotional from the BYU football team. Shout-out shout out to Jay Hill also for being willing to, to take this on, kind of oversee it, conduct it. And uh, did it say preside as well? Will he be presiding? I don't know. Does he have the... Does he have the priesthood authority to? I don't know. He's going to be conducting the devotional. So shout out to Jay Hill. There will probably probably be an actual presiding authority on the stand. I would imagine for this. That's usually how that works. Check out this stat from BYU football. I love this stat. All-time bowl appearances. From the Big Twelve programs. Texas Tech has forty-one bowl appearances. Wow. BYU coming in at number two with forty. West Virginia with forty. Tie for second. To be fair, tie for second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, tie for second. West Virginia tied for second with forty. TCU with 36, Oklahoma State with 34, ASU with 33, Colorado with 30, Houston with 30, Baylor with 27, Utah with 27, Kansas State with 25, Arizona 21, Cincinnati 21, Iowa State 17, UCF 15, and Kansas with 14. What do you make of that? Sean Walker, KSL.com. Uh, that's that's a pretty deep – say what you will about the 16-team Big 12. I know they're losing a bunch of star power, no Texas, no Oklahoma. The flagship programs are abandoning the Big 12, and little brothers across the country are banding together and to form this new 16-team league, right? That's, that's the, the truck stop league, uh, if you will. I love the truck stop league. With all of these little brothers together, though, that's a conference that is 16-team deep. Every single one of them with double-digit bowl appearances. It's pretty impressive. All time. And this is – bowl appearances also don't go back to, like, 1922, right? Like, this is this is this recent is, football this is recent history. Football yeah, this history. is, this this is, is since, since mm-hmm. the advent of the Bowl Alliance, right? Mm-hmm. This is only – this is only – I mean, this would be no more than, like, 50 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every single member of the conference that double-digit – Bullet paints. It's like that's pretty cool. As a little brother cool. myself, I would love to put together a little brother's roster equivalent to this to go beat up my older brother and older brothers yeah. alike. This is a deep conference. Bring yeah. top to bottom. Like these are good teams historically. Right now, these are all really good teams. I don't know who's gonna win the Big Twelve next year in football, but I got a feeling the top half of the standings are gonna look kind of similar to the Big Twelve men's basketball mm. standings right now. Where you've got, what is it, one through, I think it's one through six or one through eight, one through eight, I think, separated by four and a half games mm. at the moment. Like, I can see something very similar happening in football where everybody is just right next to each other. Another offseason stat, BYU football, top 25 in wins amongst P5 slash P4 since 2010. College football power five team wins. If you count, BYU still is in the top 25 with 111 wins during that period. So many people look at independence as a, as, as a decade plus of not winning enough football games, underachieving. But still, attitude of gratitude here, Yep, the cup overfloweth. BYU top 25 and wins during that period. you got to be kidding me. The consistency. We are spoiled. The consistency of that era really was pretty remarkable. Not never too high, never too low, and overseen obviously primarily by a coach who well even 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 the Bronco Mendenhall you know initial era two thousand and ten to two thousand and fifteen two thousand eleven to two thousand fifteen they had their ups and downs they only had a one double digit win season outside of two thousand twenty so you had two thousand twenty and then two thousand and eleven but the two thousand eleven season was one of the weakest schedules in BYU football history and that's why you got the ten wins that season. At any rate, I think that's a pretty cool stat, all things considered. So shout out to BYU football and uh, giving BYU fans something to cheer about. Nothing if not consistent. BYU men's basketball, they stumbled over the weekend, 84-74, that loss to Kansas State. Uh, They fell out of the AP poll. It's a bunch of hullabaloo, in my opinion. (laughs) Bunch of poppycock, bunch of hogwash. But Ken Palm, BPI... Uh, Evan Miyakawa, all of the 
algorithms, all the metrics still like BYU in the top 25 or in the top 15, depending on how you how you slice it, depending on how you view it. But, Our AI overlords will love BYU basketball, even if the human voters not so much. Hey, humans don't like BYU, and that's okay. Jackson Robinson did have 15 points to lead the Cougars. Uh, five players to score in double figures they did. Noah Waterman, Spencer Johnson added 12 apiece, with Waterman also adding seven rebounds, a block, and a steal. BYU set for the second game of its Sunflower State swing with a matchup at Kansas coming on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. Watch the Cougars and the Jayhawks face off at Historic Allen Fieldhouse on Big 12 Now and ESPN+. Plus. Also check it out on BYU Radio with Mark Durant and Greg Rubel. Per Greg Rubel, speaking of Greg Rubel, Noah Waterman shot 54% from the free throw line last season and shot below 65% from the stripe in his three in three of his four previous college seasons. This season, the splash man, Waterman, is a career-best 83% free throw shooter, 43 for 52. He's put in work this offseason, something yep. to celebrate, Sean. The focus and the discipline out of Noah Waterman this year, night and day different from where he was at a year ago. And he yeah. would tell you this is the same thing. Not only on the court, but also off the court. He's just he's organizing his life uh, a lot better. He's way more um, advanced academically, I think is the word I'm looking for. He's, he's, have you been checking his GPA out? Have you been have well, you he's, he's to told me, he's told me he's, he's staying, he's, there were moments, like all college students, right, last year, where he, he admitted to me a couple times that he would get a little bit behind in the classroom, you know, a day or two, trying mm. to play catch up, do extra assignments uh, at the last minute, that kind of thing. He said he's, he's really made an effort to try to just stay ahead in all of his classes, and he's staying ahead now off the court, and now he's staying ahead on the court as well. I mean, the level of focus and level of discipline, I think, this year has been, has been uh, pretty impressive from a guy who... Uh, could be a senior this year, maybe should be a senior this year. He's also got a waiver that he's submitting to the NCAA to see if he gets back another year. Yeah, we need him uh, next year. Noah, come back. Well, yeah, he's Come gotta, back. Come back to Provo. We need yeah. you. He's got to get a waiver for an injury season, I think, while he was at Niagara. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if he got that, if he wants to come back. BYU's Ali Khalifa from Greg Rebell's desk, Ali Khalifa, is back in the national top ten in assist to turnover ratio. He sits tenth at three point three two. That's ninety three assists to twenty eight turnovers. Over his last two games, he has twelve assists and zero turnovers. Khalifa, that six foot eleven Egyptian magician, the uh, pride of Alexandria right now, is the only player in assist to turnover top seventy taller than six foot five. That's impressive. Some stat areas in which BYU and Kansas are good and close. Uh, Kansas ranks number one in assists per game. BYU ranks second. Kansas ranks first in assist rate. BYU ranks fifth. BYU ranks third in assist to turnover ratio. Kansas ranks 11th. BYU ranks 23rd in effective field goal percentage, while Kansas ranks 24th. BYU ranks seventh in two-point field goal percentage, and Kansas ranks 18th. There you have it. So some stats. Three of five of... BYU's normal starters, regular starters, their current starters, I guess, most recently. Uh, three of the five are averaging more than three assists per game. Yeah. Spencer Johnson at 3.4, Ali Khalifa at 4.2, that you know, and Dallin Hall obviously leading the pack at 5.0. This is a really good uh, – 3YU is the acronym, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about how they like to shoot three-pointers, and they yes, are a very indeed. good three-point shooting team. But I think just as importantly, this is a team that also – shares and distributes the ball really, really well. By the way, got some confirmation about languages spoken on the roster. Last year, it was 15 different languages. 15 different languages on the BYU football roster. I stand corrected. Is that splitting up multiple dialects? I I have no idea. I did not ask that question. Because there are a couple of dialects of the same language. But you're in the teens. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. lot. That's a lot. lot. You got to be kidding That is a lot, though. So, mucho. Uh, mucho, uh, to be fair, idiomas. to be fair, half of those are probably taken up by Crew Wakely, who I think is learning like his fourth language right now. Oh, shout out to, kind of, shout out to there's crew. a lot of guys that know a lot of languages. Crew's kind of a mad scientist with stuff like that sometimes. It's true, so he does. He's also on like his seventh business that he started or something like that. He's a uh, he's he's definitely he's a guy savvy. that does a lot. Yeah. yeah, he does a lot. He does a lot. Uh, BYU basketball Cougars of the pros. How about this? Happy birthday to Jimo Dashen. Yesterday was Jimmer Fredette's birthday. Jimmer Fredette. How old is he, do you think? 35. <laughs> it's 30. He is 35, by the way. Yeah, how'd you know that? 
Lucky born, guess. He was I born s- February 25th, 1989. It's a good year. Great year. Yep. It's a good year. It's a great year. 1989. 1989. Yeah. Isn't that our Queen, uh, our Queen Taylor Allison? <laughs> isn't that Taylor yes. Swift? The heiress tour? That is the Taylor, Taylor Swift Taylor, year. Taylor was yes. born in yeah, yeah. 1989. Yeah, yeah. Taylor yeah. and Jimmer. How about that? Taylor and Jimmer for that. Yeah. Taylor mania, Jimmer mania. Wow. Pretty much equivalents, let's be honest. Pretty I mean, much. Very yeah. similar fan bases, too. Jim oh, mm. oh Jimmer's an international superstar, yeah. too. That's true. That's yeah. true. When was Taylor born? <laughs> like, what, what's Like, the, one month? December. Yeah, no, uh, like, I hate that I know this. It's December 13th. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you hate that? <laughs> my wife. Shout out to my wife. She's a huge Swifty. I've been indoctrinated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. it is her favorite number. I know. It's her favorite. Lucky that's, 13. That's what Lucky really set me off. Is I thought, man. What's the birthday? Yeah. Yeah, 13. Yeah. Lucky number. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I have a lot of Taylor Swift lore locked in my, my brain now. That's, that's well you should. That's well you should. I'm a second-hand Swifty. It's not a bad thing. Swifty by osmosis. That's, yes, that's yeah. me. All right, so uh, former Cougars news. All-time NFL combine results. I in, had no idea about this, baby. You didn't know this? I oh, had man, no idea. Oh, that's a great stat. We've had Scott Shout Young. Shout out to PFF. We've had know. Scott Young on our show many times. I feel like every year. In fact, i got to go through my text threads, but I'm pretty sure every year I have Scott Young to talk about how do you bench press 225 40-plus times. Uh, It was a record back in 2005. Scott Young set it, 43. It's since been eclipsed by nine others, Justin Ernest of Eastern Kentucky, Stephen Paella, Oregon State, Mike Kudla, Mitch uh, Petrus, Leif Larson, Jeff Owens, Broderick Bunkley, Natani Muti, Kyle Harrington, all those guys uh, either tied or eclipsed it. So, speaking of UMass, that's Kyle Harrington. UMass, mm-hmm. little uh, little conference realignment news. We haven't really discussed this. I know you're very. It's the biggest news of the day, though. Sean, Sean has mentioned it it's every break. It has fighting, yet to, it's true. to drop it on there. The air. fighting Minutemen. The fighting Johnny Tremaines, as I like the to call him. Did you, ever read, did you ever read the book Johnny Tremaine? Great book. Great book. Did you read it? Yeah, great it's book. It's an awesome book. Oh, I was required reading it. in elementary school. Yeah, I love Johnny yeah, Tremaine. You guys ever seen the Disney Channel original, The Minutemen? Oh, no. You I, guys are probably way too old in that drop. I dropped. need to watch that. It's a banger. Okay. okay. I don't know if it's even streaming anywhere. Okay. Super good. Okay, the Minutemen. Probably couldn't even plus. Couldn't even explain the plot. Just loved it. But just what's what's <laughs> locked in here, I just know I just know that it's I good. So I anybody out there looking for it. something to watch on a Monday night, go it. take a deep dive to the Minutemen. I love it. Uh, the the fighting Minutemen of UMass though are set to they've been approved by the Mid American Conference to join the league beginning in 2025 and 2026, uh, as reported by The Athletics. It's yeah. confirmed by uh, ESPN.com and a handful of others. UMass was previously a football-only member of the WAC from 2012 to 2015 before the school and the conference parted ways because UMass declined to bring all of its sports to the conference. The school has since been hesitant to leave the Atlantic 10, where it was a founding member. But beginning with the 2025-26 season, they will join the Mid-American Conference, the MAC. The, the MAC, MAC is expanding in all sports except hockey, uh, where they'll remain a member of, of uh, Hockey East, and men's and women's lacrosse, which the MAC does not sponsor. They're, uh, according to ESPN.com's Pete Thamel, they're going to apply for associate membership within the Atlantic 10. So uh, really big news on the East Coast, though, because that leaves with Army now set to join the American Mm -hmm. Athletic Conference as well. That only leaves two football bowl subdivision independents in all of college football, Notre Dame Mm. and UConn. Hmm. So will one of them join a league uh, anytime soon, and which one? Something to keep an eye on. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. couple other things, uh, BYU baseball, UC Davis defeats BYU in series finale. BYU dropped game three of its three-game series versus UC Davis over the weekend, 9-5 on Saturday at Dowling Stadium, giving the Aggies a 2-1 series win at the beginning of the season with an 11-day, seven-game road trip to Arizona California. The Cougars return to Provo for the season's home opener against former West Coast Conference Vogan Zag at Miller Park February 29th through March 2nd, the Thursday through Friday games. We'll begin at 3 p.m. Mountain Time with the Saturday game slated for 1 p.m. Mountain Time. All three games will be broadcast live on Big 12 Now and on ESPN+. Plus. Shout out to the men's baseball team. Hopefully they right the ship. Women's softball, BYU softball, 
combined for 28 runs between two the two run rule wins over Cal Poly and Rutgers as it concluded action at the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic on Saturday night. The Cougars, who are 12 and three right now, saw their offense ignited at the Big League Dreams sports park tallying 26 total hits and 25 ribbies with five long bombs this team can hit dingers that's all they do including grand slams in uh in game one against the mustangs with two coming on the grand salamis i love it the cougars will head to northern california next week for the capital classic hosted by sacramento state and uc davis outside of the two host teams byu will also play uc santa barbara and utah state there you have it. Uh, less than impressive news. BYU women's basketball dropped a 74-49 to loss mm. to Iowa State Saturday night at Hilton Coliseum. Lauren Gustin knocks her 22nd straight double-double with 22 points and 10 of 10 shooting while grabbing 11 rebounds, uh, including four on the offensive glass for BYU. Uh, Amari Whiting knocks her 17th game scoring in double figures with a freshman pouring in 16 points on 5 of 14 shooting from the field along with four rebounds, three assists, and two steals in the loss. Cougars are back home this, i got to do my math, Wednesday, Wednesday night, nice. to host Houston, fellow Big 12 newcomer at the Marriott Center at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch that on ESPN Plus as well. If you're going to the game, show up early, be loud, uh, be really loud as they celebrate senior night, two of their um, – stalwarts of the two-year Amber Whiting era in Gustin and fellow senior Kaylee Smiler as well. Let's go. BYU women's basketball does return to action on Wednesday, February 28th. As BYU hosts the Houston Cougars at the Marriott Center. Tip schedule 7 p.m. Mountain Time on Saturday, March 2nd. The BYU Cougars will travel to Austin, Texas to take on number five, Texas Longhorns. They can write the ship. They can write the ship. They can write it. I don't know if they can write it, but I'm, I'm saying it. Um, come to fruition. It's affirmation time. BYU men's volleyball. Number eight, BYU men's volleyball secured a five-set upset over the defending national champs. Number four, UCLA on Friday night in front of a season-high 4,500 fans, 4,514 fans to be exact, at the Smith Fieldhouse. With the win, BYU snapped a five-match losing streak to the Bruins, stretching back to 2021 and handed UCLA its first regular season conference loss in its last 22 matches. The Cougars earned a team high, a team season high of 11 aces, holding UCLA to just three. BYU also totaled 61 kills, 56 assists, and 26 digs. Sophomore setter Tyler Hergert tallied a career-high 52 assists, Wow! while oppo- uh, opposite hitter Ian Little notched three aces for a career-high performance. Luke Benson led the team in kills with 16 on a 367 hitting percentage. Mike Romanis had 14 kills on a 522 clip, and Capono Brown added 12 kills while tying his season high for uh, uh, four aces. So, uh, congrats to them. Number eight BOE men's volleyball uh, it also fell to uh, defending national champion number four in five sets the following day, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So a split a pair of five setters. Uh, we love hashtag cinco sets on uh, on this program as yes. well. Two really, really good matches in front of a pair of sold-out crowds at the Smith Field House. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Maybe I shouldn't give this away. I probably shouldn't give this away, but I am. Sorry, Vinny. Uh, I uh, I moved BYU up from number eight on my ballot this week after splitting a pair with number four. Usually I, moved, I dropped UCLA a spot. I moved BYU just up as well right, bef- right behind them because I think this team is starting to define itself. I think this team is really starting to find itself. Love it. Hey, we're going to go to break, um, and we're going to come back with an Olympic sports report, just uh, breaking down the rest of the Olympic sports. But check this out. Who's your favorite to steal the show at Pro Day, the Big 12 Pro Day? Now, this is the early look at possible Mm. BYU Big 12 Pro Day attendees. There are individuals on this list that are not going to be participating in the Pro Day uh, for whatever reason. Either it's retirement, injury, uh, just don't want to go down that path, whatever it is. Ryan Rico. Isaac Rex, Kingsley Suamataia, Jackson Cravens, Eden Robbins, Chaz Ayu, Eddie Heckard, Camden Garrett, Keaton Slovis, A.J. Vong Bachan, Malik Moore, Jacob Bourne, Dion Smith, Morgan Piper, Max Tooley, Paul Miley, Atunai Samahe, Ian Fitzgerald, Simi Moala, Caleb Christensen. Caleb, are you going? Did you get the invite? <laughs> No. Uh, see, the, see, this is the <laughs> see, this is why I hate. No, this is why I don't either. like 
Because you're, you're if it be... was in Provo, I would be here. I would yeah, go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that it's down in what Austin? Yeah, Frisco. Frisco. Yeah, Frisco. My bad. Yeah. See, this Sorry, is Texas. Dallas. This is if what... it was in Provo, I'd go just to even mess around and yeah. like see if I can still run a yes. four 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 exactly. five just That's for fun. Yeah, see yeah. how much I can bench. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going all the way to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna give you a spot on the private jet. I doubt it. Get down there. I doubt it. Ammon Hanneman, Hobbs Nyberg, Caden Haas, Mason Wake. I'm sure they're, they're like I mentioned. There's going to be uh, th- that's not uh, a complete list or an accurate list. That's just who uh, I have is eligible to participate in the pro day. So check that out. Uh, all right, we're going to go to break. Uh, Olympic sports report coming up next. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960.